This is a Seabed Daily text. Does the church exist for me, or do I exist for the church? 1 Peter 3, 8-12 Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Consider this. For the longest time, I've read letters like this one from Peter and others from Paul as collections of miscellany, kind of like they're responding to frequently asked questions concerning what God says about this social problem, that ethical issue, or this other moral dilemma. Consequently, this is how I have often read and interpreted them. What does the Bible say about same-gender sexual relationships? What does the Bible say about money? What does the Bible say about marriage? Certainly all these things and more are addressed over the course of the multiple correspondences that make up the New Testament, However, this is not the main purpose and point of the New Testament. We must keep the main point of the letter front and center, finding our place and playing our part in the church Jesus is building. These letters are written by apostles to churches for the sake of the movement of the kingdom of heaven spreading across the earth. Peter is not trying to give us a marriage seminar. He knows these churches are made up of families, but note his calculus is not, as goes the family, so goes the church. If that were the case, he would have dedicated the entire letter to family life. Peter knows the opposite is true. As goes the church, so goes the family. So many times along the way, I've heard people espouse a priority list, something like this. Number one, God. Number two, family. Number three, church. I suppose given the church as I have known it, this ordering makes sense. However, this ordering of priorities would make no sense to the New Testament or its writers. Here's how they would have ordered the list. Number one, Jesus. Number two, church. Number three, kingdom of heaven on earth. In the New Testament, the idea of somehow separating out family from church as a different category would have been an absurdity. 
Church would have been the covering and shelter for the family. The apostles are not dealing with a federation of loosely connected families. They're pouring everything they have into the body of Jesus Christ. If you will notice, the central concern of the New Testament is not the individual believer or the nuclear family, but the supernatural community known as the church Jesus is building. And the central concern with the church Jesus is building are the relationships therein. Jews and Gentiles, slaves and masters, men and women, husbands and wives, parents and children. Every single relationship and all of them together matter more than we can possibly imagine within the body of Christ for the sake of the world. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. And every single relationship and interaction with those outside of the body of Christ matters more than we can possibly imagine for the mission of the kingdom in the world. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Friends of Jesus, it's about relationships. The American Christian tends to believe and act as though the church exists for the sake of the flourishing of the individual and the family. In this model, the notion of the expansion of the kingdom of heaven on earth is a bit of an afterthought at best. The Christian American tends to believe and act as though the individual and the family exist for the sake of the flourishing of the church whose mission is the expansion of the kingdom of heaven on earth. If I'm honest, I have mostly thought of the church as existing for me. I'm finally waking up to the realization that I exist for the sake of the church, the one Jesus is building, that is. The prayer, Jesus, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Thank you for the church you are building. We confess we have too often and too many times thought we could somehow do it better than you and done it in our own way and claimed it to be done in your name. We seem so far from the New Testament church as though we could somehow find it by our own resolve. We can't. And this is the point. Holy Spirit, bring us to humble honesty, deep, joy-filled repentance, and profound surrender to you and submission to one another. Praying in Jesus' name. Amen. The question. 
Have you tended to see the church existing for the sake of individuals and families? Or the other way around? Reflect on that. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt.